It's kind of like the exhaust in your car. As you're burning the fuel, we produce exhaust in the form of free radicals. So we have to be really careful, the, especially using、uh, glucose, sugars. It's just like not a clean fuel compared to burning ketones, which produces a lot less of these free radicals. So it's kind of like a cleaner burning fuel, if you like, using ketones. So the ketogenic diet is is something I I'm really in favor of. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes, so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Has energy burnout become a state of normality that you have just accepted at this point in your life? I know exactly what it feels like to be energy depleted, wondering how I was going to get from one task to the other, dragging myself throughout the day, praying that the next day would be a little bit better. Over time, after many doctors' visits, I was officially diagnosed with adrenal fatigue, and maybe you have been diagnosed with adrenal fatigue too, but you're still feeling pretty crappy. Here's what I know to be true: chronic fatigue is actually not caused by our little adrenal glands. Our adrenal glands that sit on top of our kidneys are simply the messengers, and the problem actually starts inside of our brain, the limbic brain, also known as the survival center of our brain. When we are in a state of stress, whether it's chemical, physical, emotional, or even perceived stress, our cells receive a stranger danger message. And our energy production centers, also known as our mitochondria, get shut down as a way to protect us. Super scary. If you've ever struggled with chronic fatigue or exhaustion, especially in the morning, today's topic on mitochondrial dysfunction just might change your life. This is an area that I've focused a lot of research on. And if you want to dive even deeper than today, we have two episodes that I would love to invite you to check out. Episode 122, which was a solo episode from me, called "Why Adrenal Fatigue Is a Myth," and Episode 125 with Ari Witten, who is also a mitochondrial and chronic fatigue expert. He has an incredible program called the Energy Blueprint. Now, I also invited Dr. Michael Chang, who is a mitochondrial expert, to discuss why mitochondrial dysfunction is a key to root cause is a key root cause to fatigue, weight gain, and brain fog. And before I invite him on, I want to quickly celebrate your wins. Every single day, I hear from new listeners who are recommended by you. One such listener is Monica. She reached out to me on Instagram literally today, and I wanted to share her big win with you. Here is what Monica had to say, Dr. Marisa. I just want to take a moment and thank you. Today's message on episode 148 was right on point. I am now 62 years old, and when I was 24, I had a partial hysterectomy because of a cyst on my ovary. And what you said about not being informed about exactly what was happening to me was true. My doctors never told me anything about how the hysterectomy would fast track me into menopause. And when I was going through it, I honestly didn't know what was wrong with me, and was consistently misdiagnosed by several doctors. My symptoms were dismissed, and I was made to feel like it was all in my head. However, over the last eight years, I have knuckled down, 
did the research, found a holistic practitioner that I trusted, discovered essential oils, and finally feel like there is hope for me at age 62. Thank you so much for all you do to educate us. I just wanted to let you know I appreciate you so much. Well, thank you so much, Monica, for sharing your big win and your massive healing journey. It stinks to be dismissed and misdiagnosed, but you have persisted and I am so happy for your healing success at age 62. I am holding space for your continued miracles. And if you are listening, Monica, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my book, The Essential Oil Hormone Solution. All you got to do is reach out to me on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Marisa, and we will get you a copy ASAP. Now, if you're listening, number one, welcome to this episode. This podcast is all about empowering you with knowledge and tools. And if it has helped you in any way, I would love to shout you out too. You can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or the gold standard where we really get to see the action is by simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you love to plug into. That way, I get to open the door for more women to get educated, to feel less dismissed, to feel heard, and to become a CEO of their health. Now let's dive into this incredible conversation with Dr. Michael Chang, but first I want to sing his praises. Dr. Chang is a board-certified pathologist and laboratory medicine certified medical practitioner. He has a telemedicine practice, and he recently published his first book, Mitochondrial Dysfunction, A Functional Medicine Approach to Diagnosis and Treatment to Get Rid of Fat, Fatigue, and Brain Fog, which has been a number one bestseller. He specializes in gut health and mitochondrial dysfunction and looks at the underlying root cause of most chronic conditions, which he has found to be linked to mitochondrial issues. He also has a personal interest in anti-aging medicine. Let's bring him on. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Michael Chang. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Maritza. Nice to be on your show. Oh my goodness. I am so excited about this conversation. Yes. We are talking about mitochondria and most importantly, what I am so, so excited about is how mitochondrial dysfunction is actually the root cause for fatigue, our inability to lose weight and brain fog. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty of this conversation, Dr. Michael Chang, what was the impetus? What inspired you to want to dig deep into this research? Yeah, well, it's been a long story, but I started out in conventional medicine for many years. Then I kind of discovered functional medicine, and I just knew that was the way to go for the rest of my career. After doing that for a few years, I started experiencing really bad pain in my legs particularly when I'm walking and climbing stairs. And I had no idea what was going on. I had x-rays done and showed severe degenerative disc disease. And I had no idea how that happens. But um, in any case, over the last three years, it became pretty bad to the point that I couldn't really travel too much, you know. And it got to the point where I had a lot of fatigue. Even after small errands like going grocery shopping, 
I have a lot of stairs in my house. So just doing an errand and then coming home with the groceries and climbing the stairs got me really tired. And I had never experienced that before. I finally did the organic acid testing, which I do on all my tests. I finally did that on myself and discovered that I had a mitochondrial dysfunction. So I started using my own protocol that I give to my patients. And this is, by the way, a very common problem. I would say half of my patients, with however they present with whatever symptoms, end up with some degree of mitochondrial dysfunction. So my first point is just let, let everyone know that this is a very common issue and may very well account for many of your symptoms, particularly fatigue. But it doesn't have to be fatigue. I mean, it could be muscle fatigue. It could be um, just brain fog. Or you just can't lose weight no matter what you do. So these are very common problems. In any case, I applied my own treatment. I also discovered the importance of posture and doing these structural exercises, postural exercises, because the degeneration in the, in the back has led to misalignment of the legs and feet. And this is, again, a very common problem, probably because I sit a lot, you know. I sit at the computer, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. We just don't move enough uh, as a society. So this is also a common warning to your um, people that are listening that we got to be moving and not just sit all day because that can have a severe impact on your posture and on the way you move. So combining my own mitochondrial treatments as well as doing stretches, I finally came out of this episode of fatigue and leg pain. And I'm really happy to report now I can go back to my travels and and walk for quite a while. Although it's, it's a continuing thing, you know, I have to constantly stretch every day. And my feet are still not totally perfectly aligned. So you have to get the right insoles and and that kind of thing. But that's been my personal uh, journey. And I just thought I would write a book about this topic because most people have no idea what the mitochondria are and what they do. So uh, it's really important because it's one of the major root causes of many symptoms. Mm -hmm. Well, and I want to talk about not only one, what are mitochondria, you know, and, and a lot of people, a lot of my, a lot of my list, a lot of you who are listening probably have a sense of it because we do talk about it a lot here on the podcast. However, I want to get clarity on that. Two, what happens when we get dysfunction? And then three, what is driving the mitochondria to not function so well, right? And so let's first start with what do one, what are mitochondria and what are they doing inside of ourselves? Yeah, the mitochondria are called organelles. Basically, they're subcellular structures and they make our energy for the cell in the form of ATP. These were actually ancient bacteria that became incorporated into our cells hundreds of millions of years ago and uh, became like symbiotic with our own cell. They would make the energy and then our cells would take that energy and use it for whatever function it's designed for. So this is our main energy producer in the cell. Absolutely. Our main, and how many on average, how many mitochondria 
are in every single cell? And is there a differentiation of, of the amount of mitochondria in different cells in the body? So some cells may need more. Exactly. The more active uh, cells will obviously need more. And they can range from several hundred to, to uh, even several thousands in the active cells, like your heart cells. Obviously, they have to be pumping 24-7, right, for, for your entire lifetime. So they work pretty hard. And also your brain cells require a lot of energy. Also, the skeletal muscle uses a lot of energy for its movement. Yeah, so it differs. And- yeah, it totally differs. Absolutely. And your, and your reproductive organs too require even more energy because we got to reproduce. So when we think about mitochondria, just like you said, mitochondria are our energy creators. And then our cells leverage that energy literally every millisecond of the day that that's how a cell is functioning is using the energy of mitochondria. And I think a lot of people don't know that the whole core reason for respiration is specifically to drive oxygen through the electron transport chain so that your mitochondria can make ATP. So the reason why we breathe and why we have blood and a circulatory system, we've got lungs, we've got a heart, it's solely for the purpose to get those oxygen in there so that our mitochondria can make ATP. So you can imagine a lot of things go down every single second of the day to ensure that we keep those mitochondria doing their job so that we have the energy in our cells. And the other thing I always tell people, disease is cellular because every little cell is just in its own survival mission. And if that cell, for whatever reason, doesn't have the energy that it needs, we begin to experience some of those symptoms. So let's talk a little bit about the causes of mitochondrial dysfunction. Now that we recognize the full breadth of why it matters, we don't talk enough about this. Clearly, these mitochondria matter. So what is driving mitochondrial dysfunction inside of the body? Well, uh, as it turns out, the mitochondria are actually very sensitive to the environment, both internal and external to us. There's this theory of cell danger response. When there's danger to the body from external or internal sources, such as infections, inflammations, chemicals, toxins, etc., they shut off the energy production in the mitochondria, and that's when we get into trouble. And they are actually quite sensitive to the environment, to these products. And in today's world, there's just so much toxins and chemicals in the air, in the food that we eat. I think that really is the cause of of, uh, so much mitochondrial dysfunction that I see in people that are manifest with any number of symptoms. Because of this response, I mean, once there's danger to the cell, the energy factories basically shut down and they go into kind of a a cell-protective mode. So without once the energy stops and then the cell is in trouble because it cannot make what it's designed to do. It's really very sensitive to, to many, many factors. That's why we have to look at so many different factors in the environment, the chemicals, the skincare products that we put on ourselves, the kind of food that we eat. Basically, everything affects the mitochondria. Yeah, the amount of food. We're a culture of snacks and we eat consistently. And people don't realize that your mitochondria cannot, they, they get very sluggish. 
when we are consistently eating, our digestive system isn't able to work at, at prime function and, and our cells take a major hit as well. So not only, I mean, movement is a big part or lack of movement is a big part. I know, like you said, chemical stressors are a huge player here, lack of hydration, eating too much consistently throughout the day and a lack of circadian rhythms. So not being on a circadian rhythm plays a big role in mitochondrial dysfunction. Yes, absolutely. So a lot of lifestyle is playing a big role here. Huge. Big, big role. Awesome. Okay, good. Which is good news because the good news is, is that we can make some changes. Absolutely. Basically, everything that we tell people to do in terms of good health will affect the mitochondria in some way or other. So whether it's, you know, getting sunlight, getting exercise, eating organic, I love intermittent fasting. So those are all great things for the mitochondria. So we do not want to be eating all the time with excess calorie. It just produces, basically it produces a lot of byproduct of burning the fuel, which would be free radicals. And these free radicals will damage our own mitochondria, will damage our cell nucleus, DNA. So it does a lot of damage. It's kind of like the exhaust in your car. As you're burning the fuel, we produce exhaust in the form of free radicals. So we have to be really careful, especially using uh, glucose, sugars. It's just like not a clean fuel compared to burning ketones which produces a lot less of these free radicals. So it's kind of like a cleaner burning fuel, if you like, using ketones. So the ketogenic diet is, is something I, I'm really in favor of. Love it. One of the other things too, and, I, and we talked about some of the kind of preliminary symptoms that we may see of mitochondrial dysfunction, but there's lots of research that demonstrates that mitochondrial dysfunction can lead towards things like autoimmune condition and cancer as well. That, and it's and significant aging, not only cellular aging, but like aging that we'll see, which is super, super important as well. So I wanted people to know that although we're talking about these preliminaries, which no one wants brain fog, no one wants weight resistance, no, no weight resistance, no one wants to feel exhausted, but know that over time, those be, they can continue to manifest. Yes, absolutely. The degeneration or dysfunction of the mitochondria underlie all chronic diseases including Alzheimer's and cancers, and also the whole aging process. So now we know it's pretty much at the center of everything, chronic diseases and aging process. So in order to really live long and healthy, we have got to treat our mitochondria well. And that's really one of the main messages of my book, you know, because I'm very much into anti-aging medicine and living long well. But we got to treat the mitochondria nicely or else they're not going to serve us long enough. So absolutely. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. So let's talk about, and now you said, you said about 50% or so of people are dealing with mitochondrial dysfunction. I would wager to guess there's more than that. Given the circumstances of so many people struggling, it's like you said, they're very, very sensitive to the environment. Maybe you have not created a significant amount of mitochondrial dysfunction, but there's probably a good variable amount of mitochondrial dysfunction just living in the world. I feel like it would be impossible to live in the world and not have some varying degree of it. Yes, I agree. I'm just basing it on organic acid testing where, you know, if you have six or more 
dysfunctional markers in the way you metabolize fat, protein, and carbohydrates, that's considered mitochondrial dysfunction. So it could be a little artificial, you know, obviously. Absolutely. So talk to us about, I know that's kind of the standard for diagnosing mitochondrial dysfunction. Are there any other ways that we should be looking at diagnosing dysfunction? Well, certainly, you know, your symptoms of fatigue is the number one symptom for people suffering from mitochondrial issues. So if you have unexplained fatigue, that's always a reason to to look further. But a number of host of other things, you know, it could be your hormonal imbalances, because if your cells are not working correctly to produce the hormones, you're not going to be in hormonal balance. Basically, the brain fog, because the brain uses so much energy, but also it could be uh, cardiac dysfunction, heart failure, for example. Basically, everything requires the energy. And when the energy is not there, you're just going to be performing at a suboptimal level. That's what it boils down to. Hmm. Yeah. So let's let's say, yeah, I would say the majority of people are definitely feeling like they're operating at a suboptimal level. And let's just wager a guess that your mitochondria are involved in some capacity. How do we begin to support mitochondrial function? How do we begin to get them get them back up and running, to get them back on the job? What do we do? What are some of the treatment protocols? I mean, definitely these are treatment protocols that you are personally seeing in clinic and that you have done on yourself, given your own story. So tell me, where do we even, where do we start? Even if we don't even test, let's say we know we're fatigued, we got major brain fog, something isn't right. It's probably a good idea to start working on mitochondria as well. Yeah. The number one thing is, is to remove the toxins that's poisoning the mitochondria. Because if you don't do that, then no matter how you feed them or, or what supplements you give them, they're not going to be performing well. So number one is to remove the toxins, the chemicals, all those factors, the stress, emotional and physical stress will affect these uh, mitochondria as well. So we got to work on all these lifestyle factors, uh, really try to eat clean, no uh, glyphosate sprayed on your foods. Uh, so you got to go organic. So it's multifactorial, but first eliminate the toxin. Dr. Chang, are there some major heavy hitters? Clearly glyphosate on conventional foods, a big no-no, right? We, we're not trying to consume all that. Not only gut dysbiosis, but clearly mitochondria sensitivity. Any other things that we should be looking out for, m- making over our cleaning products, right? We don't want to be maybe not using Glade plugins. Um, you know, we, we are, we're really mindful if we bring anything new into the house, let's say we buy a new piece of furniture or we buy, we off gas everything before it ever enters the house. Anything else that we should be thinking about clearly personal care items. We should be looking at what Absolutely we're putting in our personal skin. care. Yes. Right. That's a, that's a big one because uh, if you use commercial products, they contain hundreds of, of chemicals. So you got to use the, the, the clean uh, soaps like a steel soap shampoos, every product that you use. I personally just use coconut oil with a few drops of essential oils. Uh, I'm sure you're, you're into that. So um, I love tea tree oil, just keeps all the odors and bacteria away. So a few drops of lemon, and that's my personal care product. I love it. That's your like, that's it. Coconut oil and some essential oils. 
And you guys, you're listening and you're listening to us and you're looking for literally do-it-yourself recipes. I do have a book on, it's called The Smart Mom's Guide to Essential Oils. And it's literally how to make over your entire home. Um, because that was that's what was happening to me. I was chronically fatigued, major mitochondrial dysfunction, and my hormones were completely out of balance. And when I looked around at my house and looked at all the chemicals that I was using, medicine cabinet chemicals, personal care, cleaning supplies. I mean, we were, I mean, toxins were everywhere. And so it's so easy to have just a couple of staple of ingredients that you can rely on that don't cost a lot of money that you probably already have in your home already that you can move over to. So just, just a heads up there. Also wash the plastics, right? I mean, like our food is, the commercial food is, everything's wrapped in plastic. So wash the plastic bottles, the water that you drink. Every little bit counts. Every so little everything's bit important. Yeah. So number one, and a good friend of mine, one of my dearest friends, she's an environmental expert. And she always says, if you want to reduce your toxic load, there are three rules. Avoidance, avoidance, avoidance. It is way easier to manage it, keeping it out of the body than once it's in the body. Because we know that these are persistent pollutants. They don't want to leave once they're inside the system. Okay, so toxins, eradicate them. Do your best to stay away from them. What's the next? Air filters for your home. Absolutely. Here in California, we have all those forest fires and the air gets really polluted. So you got to have good air purifiers for your home. That's a must. And purified water. Yes, absolutely. Wonderful. So that is foundational. The next piece of foundational, I know you've mentioned a couple of nutritional recommendations. Clearly, we vote with our fork every single day, multiple times a day, right? One of the consistent decisions that we make every day on top of putting things on our body, we are consuming food. Um, What are some of the best recommendations for fueling mitochondria and ensuring that they function? I touched upon this earlier, but a ketogenic type of diet burns really cleanly for your mitochondria. They produce less of the toxic waste in the form of free radicals, as I mentioned before, and also intermittent fasting coupled with the ketogenic, I feel it works really well for people. I try to fast. I finish dinner, let's say at 6, 6.30, and you just don't eat until noontime if you can. And sometimes I have a kind of a liquid breakfast, either a green smoothie and I add some MCT oil to that. And you really have no hunger right up till noon the next day. So that works really well and uh, really gives a nice rest to your intestines. And it's really good for your mitochondria. In addition to eating organic, it just wash the overall calories. How about antioxidant-rich foods? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, because you need the antioxidants to to mop up, if you will, you know, some of those free radicals to neutralize the free radicals. So absolutely. And the best way is to get it in your food. And I apologize interrupting you. You were talking about calorie restriction. Yeah. Calorie restriction has been proven in animal models as really the, the best thing for the mitochondria. It just does not like to be burning fuel all the time. It's like you know, keeping your, your car engine on all the time, even when you're not needing it. You got to basically produce enough energy and then use it up in the form of activity. 
If you don't, then the free radicals will build up, and that's really going to damage the mitochondria further. So you often end up with what happens is you end up with a lot of senescent mitochondria that just aren't working very well. They don't die off as they should. So they just kind of hang in there, and that's not good for, for our overall energy production. So we need these types of diets that induce what we call apoptosis, make the cells die off, the senescent cells pretty much die off and uh, make new ones and make new mitochondria that can rejuvenate your cell. All these diet will, will eventually help in, in those terms. I love it. Anything else? So we've got removing toxins. We've got fueling the body and fueling the body with clean foods, antioxidant-rich foods, organic foods. Anything else that we should be mindful of that your mitochondria, because they do favor certain lifestyle changes? Yes. Well, the water is obviously very important. You got to have filtered water for the house. And for myself, I discovered through a friend who recommended hydrogen water. And I have equipment that makes hydrogen water for me. And that really helped my fatigue. I mean, it was incredible. After coming home feeling tired and kind of short of breath, I would drink about one or two glasses of the hydrogen water. And my machine also, actually, you can inhale some hydrogen through the, through the nostrils, through the nose. And I, I do the combination of that. And in five minutes or less, I, I feel totally refreshed. So the water is really critical. You got to remain well hydrated. So food and water. Perfect. I love it. Anything else you want to add? Any, any other, any other tips, any other aha moments you have learned about healing our mitochondria? There are supplements that can help, but I always put food first. Food is always first. I use supplements as kind of a bridge before people can form good eating habits. They may need some supplements. One of the top supplements for the mitochondria is CoQ10. CoQ10 is actually one of the units in the electron transport chain. And many people are deficient in CoQ10 because there are many medications such as statins that reduce the level of uh, CoQ10. So we have to be aware of that. So if there's one supplement that you take, it should be CoQ10. But there are many others that, that, uh, that can also help listed those in the book. Yeah. Oh, good. So tell me a little bit about what we can expect from the book and tell us the title. Yeah. Well, the title is Mitochondrial Dysfunction, a functional medicine approach to diagnosis and treatments. And I feel functional medicine is particularly useful as an approach to this problem because it looks for the root cause. And uh, this, I feel is somewhat of a neglected root cause for many practitioners because they're not digging down to the cellular level. And I think we really need to. Many may deal at a more superficial level, and perhaps that's why some of the treatment protocols don't really work because we haven't fully addressed the root cause, which may be the mitochondrial dysfunction at the cellular level. So we got to look into that. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And figuring out why they, and we talked so much about what's driving the root cause of them not working properly as well. And I think that is so important, right? Because your mitochondria, they don't just decide one day that they're not going to work. They don't just decide that they're going to go on an extended vacation. That's not how it works. They don't, they, they are for you. They, they're designed to work for you. It's as though they're, again, they're getting their booties handed to them, you know, and they're just getting, they're getting worn down. They're, they're, they don't have the right fuel, the right, right environment to, to function and important to change that. And like you said, toxins are a big player there. Right. And also in functional medicine, we look for these hidden infections particularly in the gut, you know, everything starts in the gut, as you know, I always do a stool test, you got to look for those hidden parasites and bacteria that may be causing issues, even though you may not feel symptoms, but it's, they, they, they're there and the mitochondria know that they're there, because they're affecting the mitochondria. So you got to clean up all these chronic infections, including viral infections anywhere in the body. So that's why looking at the gut is really critical. So many people have sensitivities to all sorts of food. So when you're looking at the gut, we got to start with the elimination diets just to figure out, you know, what you're sensitive to, because all that causes inflammation. And then, of course, that leads to uh, leaky gut, and that opens the door to autoimmune diseases. So uh, we got to look at the gut very carefully they really impact the mitochondria greatly. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm so glad you mentioned gut dysbiosis. I'm so glad you mentioned nutrient deficiencies and so glad that you mentioned hidden infections. Cause again, these are all root causes that are leading to this dysfunction inside of our cells. So it's getting super digging deeper, but you're absolutely right. More of us need to be looking at the mitochondrial component as well, because most of our patients are presenting with exhaustion and brain fog, and they're presenting with weight resistance. And so we know that it's all tied together. And I so appreciate that you've put together a book to really guide us on that journey, that big piece of the puzzle that we keep missing. Right, right. Yeah, the book is really designed. A lot of it is for a design to do it yourself. Follow the book and don't be afraid to try something new. That's what I did for myself. I discovered infrared sauna. I find that to be really helpful. And that, that turns out it's a form of hormesis, which means it stimulates the mitochondria. So doing infrared saunas in the mornings, followed by kind of a cold shower. Those are both types of hormesis that are just kind of wakes up your, your mitochondria and keep them uh, active. And I feel so good after that. So you try to do that two or three times a week. And another form of hormesis is really the high intensity interval training type of exercise. So you really don't need to exercise for hours on the treadmill. That's no longer the way to go. These short intervals, like one minute, do whatever exercise or machine you're on really hard, followed by 30 seconds or so of rest and repeat that six or eight times. So pretty much in 10 minutes, you can be done. And actually, that does more benefit for your mitochondria than, than an hour on the treadmill. The mitochondria really like that kind of type of exercise. And also just constant movements. You know, now I get up from my computer every 15, 20 minutes or so. I have a little mini trampoline. I find that to be a great little exercise. You can move all parts of the body while you're in the in the room 
or or I put it on the balcony and you get some sunshine and some fresh air. And uh, those are all great things for your mitochondria. Thank you. Well, Dr. Chang, you've given us so, so much. Where can we find you? Well, you can find me. My clinic is called Healed and Whole Clinic, located in Sunnyvale, California. It's in uh, Silicon Valley. So www.healedandwhole.com. I'm on Facebook and on Twitter. And I welcome uh, consultations via Zoom or Skype from anywhere in the country. Thank you so much. Well, we will have the book literally inside the show notes for this episode. So you guys can go and check it out. And then if you are needing more assistance, we'll have information for Dr. Chang in the podcast as well. Dr. Chang, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom and really opening the door for what's possible when it comes to cellular energy. Thank you, Marissa. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. It's pretty obvious that Dr. Chang and I share a very similar philosophy on energy production in the body, and we both agree that we need to be looking at mitochondrial energy production in a new light if we are going to get our energy and longevity back in a long-term sustainable way. Again, mitochondria is running the energy for every single cell in the body, and every single cell in the body is working hard for your survival. So let's make sure that we're able to dial those in. Now, Dr. Chain's book goes into more details on how to reverse mitochondrial dysfunction. I would love for you to dive deeper and check out the book. I'm going to have the book in the show notes for episode 152 or on my website at drmarisa.com slash podcast. I know that you will love the research and just get a better understanding of what's happening on a cellular level. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast today. The next episode, I am coming back with a bonus episode to set the tone for an amazing 2020, which is why creating a morning ritual will change your life. Morning rituals have literally changed my life. Instead of my day being the result of other people's demands, I set the tone for my ideal day by honing in on those beautiful rituals that are all mine. I can't wait to share this episode with you. If you haven't created morning rituals for yourself, I hope that this episode is the ammunition that you need to start creating these beautiful rituals for 2020 and beyond. Until then, have an amazing holiday season and I'll see you soon.